0: Got questions? We've got questions, and this is where we ask them. Thanks for coming back for another weekly bonus episode of This Week in the CLE, where we examine lingering questions from the week's biggest news stories. Our regular full length episode published Thursday, and in it we discuss the top ten stories of 2019. Give it a listen if you get a chance. Someday, years from now, someone will write a book on the epic battle we are seeing over plastic shopping bags in Ohio and in Greater Cleveland. And they will marvel at the number of people taking a stand to preserve these annoying things. This week saw another fascinating division emerge, stealing away a key argument of the people trying to protect the bags. Let me set the stage. First, local governments like Orange Village and Cuyahoga County set about banning the use of plastic shopping bags, hoping to stop devastating plastic pollution in Lake Erie and elsewhere. Then, the Republicans who control the state legislature set about passing a law to prohibit such local bans. Why, you ask? Well, one key reason, they said, was to protect grocery stores from the extra costs of using paper bags. Legislators said the plastic bag ban threatened the existence of the grocers. But this week, we saw an announcement by one of Northeast Ohio's biggest grocery chains, Giant Eagle, saying it is getting rid of the bags on its own, pretty much destroying the legislators' argument. The Ohio House has passed the law, and the Senate is mulling it over. Will Giant Eagle's move stop the law, or will those who would protect the bag continue forth, depriving the environmentally conscious governments in Cuyahoga County of the ability to clean up the lake? 2020 should bring us some answers. The big question coming from the year long criminal investigation of Cuyahoga County government is whether this has become one expensive fishing expedition. This week saw a new and hard to understand development when prosecutors suddenly took an interest in the recent firing of the county budget director. This comes in the case of Douglas Dykes, the county's human resources honcho and top African American official in the administration who prosecutors inexplicably charged with felony theft in January because he gave a job recruit a signing bonus. His trial is scheduled for next year, but this week, prosecutors added witnesses involving the recent firing of the budget director. So, nearly a year after persuading a grand jury to charge Dykes with theft— prosecutors seem to be scrambling to tie him somehow to the firing and make that into some kind of criminal act. So the question is whether prosecutors, realizing the theft case likely will strain all credulity with jurors, are scrambling to come up with something else to save face for the misguided prosecution of Douglas Dykes. With all we've been through with rare weather phenomena, a big question for Northeast Ohio was what kind of weather we will see in 2020. Think about how many strange things happened in 2019. Our spring was among the wettest on record, with rain falling on more days than all but two previous spring seasons. Then we had the most ideal summer anyone can remember, with the fewest days of rain in eons and nearly perfect temperatures on more days than we'd ever seen before. In the fall, we saw the hottest temperature ever recorded in the month of October. We also had microbursts that tore through Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights, dropping century-old trees. Rich Exner soon will detail that the 10 years that closed December 31st saw more record highs than any previous decade by far. No one can accurately forecast what a year will bring when it comes to the weather, but if recent history is a guide, the answer to the question about 2020's weather is we should expect to break a lot more records. Can Cleveland's Water Department prove it does not discriminate against African American customers? That might prove difficult if the NAACP has the evidence to support its recent lawsuit. Basically, the NAACP says the city is quicker to shut off water and put liens on the property of black customers than white customers. The NAACP says this happens irrespective of income. The NAACP also says the city erroneously overbills people for water, leaving them unable to pay, then puts liens on their houses. The suit has five plaintiffs in Cleveland, East Cleveland, and Warrensville Heights, And one question that remains on this suit is whether it will draw a lot more people to want to join in. Where should we build a new jail in Cuyahoga County? With the consensus growing to separate the jail from the courthouse as the county figures out how to replace its aging justice center, the thinking is to build a modern jail. That means something that is one or maybe two stories tall rather than the tower we have now, and that would require a good bit of land. Moving out of downtown seems certain, but where? Does the jail stay close to downtown, maybe over in the area north of St. Clair Avenue and east of East 21st Street? Does it go out near the Juvenile Justice Center, where the Juvenile Detention Center is in the Fairfax neighborhood? With the economic development plans for Opportunity Corridor, the city of Cleveland is unlikely to welcome the jail near the new police headquarters out that way. The jail needs a lot of land. The decision on where it goes could be controversial. A lot of county residents might oppose a big jail appearing in their neighborhoods. It's something that will be decided likely in 2020. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of This Week in the CLE. Check back with us Tuesday when we will publish our special episode a few days early. We're taking a look at the top 10 stories of the last 10 years.